Welcome to It's All Recruiting, the show that looks at everything through the lens of recruiting. I'm your host, Jim Stroud. Hello, 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 and welcome to It's All Recruiting, the podcast that looks at everything through the lens of recruiting. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and with me today is my special guest. Special guest, if you would, please introduce yourself. Thanks, Jim. Uh, hi, I'm Sachin. I'm the co-founder and CEO at Hacker. And thanks, Jim, for having me on the podcast today. Uh, a little bit of background about myself. Um, I'm a computer science graduate by education. Uh, did my schooling from the IED system back in India in 2012. Uh, worked very briefly uh, at Google as a software developer before I quit and started Hacker Earth with my co-founder. Okay. Okay. Now, I understand from previous conversations that you're passionate about a lot of things, but what would you say you are most passionate about? Oh, so that's a great one. So, uh, you know, when, so in, back in 2012, uh, we, uh, you know, this statement, actually 2011, Mark Anderson penned this famous line which said, software is eating the world. Uh, and today it's almost a cliche to say that every company has to become a software company. Uh, the technology change that has taken place in less than a decade is unprecedented. Uh, and, you know, this will very well continue into the next decade as well. So if every company is going to be a software company, then it's obvious that every company will need software developers. Uh, and despite there being a lot of improvements in almost every other field, you know, recruiting continues to be done as it was being done almost half a century back. Uh, and it's needless to say, as the company, as these companies navigate this massive transformation, being able to efficiently hire software developers could be one of the differences between those who last and those who don't. Uh, and this was, you know, the problem that we kind of stumbled upon way back in 2012. Uh, and and it, it has just, we have just stuck to it since then. Uh, our vision uh, in the organization is to match every developer to the right opportunities all across the globe. Uh, and just the scale and the impact of being able to solve this problem is what drives us every day. Uh, as the very fabric of you know, human society is going to be changed by technology, it is really exciting for us to be in a position where we can be an underlying platform that helps developers globally discover and take up opportunities that they're most passionate about. And that, I would say, is you know, our calling. That's what drives us every day being able to connect developers to their opportunities globally is, is you know, is, is the uh, lifeline of the company. And that's what, what we are all are passionate about. Now, I know that you're really into skill assessments. Uh, did the whole recruiting process inspire you to work in that niche? Well, the mega trend that I just spoke about, how companies are becoming technology companies and why recruiting, being able to recruit software developers can be a key differentiator was obviously the underlying uh, the trend that 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 was behind the genesis of what we do uh, and you know we'd been noodling about it quite some time way back in 2012 2013 but the catalyzing agent was this particular incident that happened at our school uh, so there was this batchmate of ours who was top of the class uh, he was the kind of talent that any organization would want uh, and we were all gunning for him to be recru recruited by one of the big five tech companies but for some strange reason he wasn't Hmm. At the time, we saw some, and at the same time, we also saw companies making suboptimal hiring decisions. And this really irked us because being developers ourselves, we felt this was a problem that could be fixed by technology. So over the next few months, we got down to it. Uh, we started researching and talking to a lot of people 
uh, to understand this better and realize that the problem is a lot more acute than we had thought. Uh, and the reason is because, how, because of how accessible it has become for someone to learn to code, good software developers are no more just confined to the top schools. They're coming from all kinds of and often even unconventional backgrounds. You know, these are self-taught folks. These are, these are people changing their careers. Uh, there are people changing from gra uh, graduating from boot camps. And then there are exceptional developers coming from some non, you know, some non Ivy League university that you may have never heard of. Um, and all of this is making it harder for companies to make the right hiring decisions because the traditional measures of competencies are no more applicable. So it's extremely hard for one to look at a resume and being able to say that, hey, this person is going to cut the bill for me at the job. And that's what led us to, uh, you know, go into the space of skill assessments to build out this platform that just democratizes the whole aspect of recruiting uh, that just levels the playing field and allows any developer to express themselves in terms of their core competencies and not necessarily in terms of, of traditional signals, which, as I said, are no more applicable. Interesting. It's like you found a gap in the way developers are hired, wouldn't you say? Yep, absolutely. I'm curious, what uh, changes have you seen with the market in terms of companies using skill assessments? Because I imagine you've seen a lot from your perspective. Right, right. So I would say there are two primary changes that we've seen uh, when organizations use skill assessments as a recruiting process, as part of the recruiting process. Mm. Uh, first is when companies are not using any kind of screening process that is based on testing the candidates for the skill. Uh, they, there are a lot of good candidates that are left out because uh, the traditional resume screening method just doesn't work. So it may seem surprising, but uh, from a developer's perspective, even if a, if a developer has not used, let's say, a specific programming language or a framework in, in her past job, it is, quite, it is possible that she's skilled uh, or she does possess a, a certain skill that you need for the new job. And, and she would have, you know, she could have acquired this skill by working on site projects, on, on taking a boot camp or whatever, right? So the traditional processes don't capture that. And by introducing a skill assessment software, companies are able to, uh, as I would say, eliminate the false negatives. They are able to get those candidates into the pipeline, which are earlier being missed out. And the second is, uh, while traditional methods miss out on good candidates, they are also likely to let unqualified candidates pass through. So if someone has a, uh, does a good job of, of creating their own resume or, their, uh, or, or talking eloquently about their background, they are likely to be shortlisted by the, in, in the recruiting process. However, interviewing candidates that don't meet the quality mark is, is one of the biggest drain on engineering uh, time. Ask any hiring manager, and you know they would agree that they would love to get a chance to get their engineering back, time back that they're, they're today spending on interviewing. Of course, without qualifying, without compromising on quality. So I would say these are the two changes that we've seen uh, companies um, uh, that companies are seeing by introducing the concept of skill assessments into recruiting. Uh, just to quickly summarize, the first is not missing out on candidates, which you know, do not show the traditional signals of competencies. So they're able to get unconventional candidates, but qualified candidates into the pipeline. And they're able to create a lot more qualified pipeline for the hiring managers. So as to make sure that the hiring teams do not spend time on interviewing candidates, which do not get the bill. 
And this ultimately impacts the most important metric in hiring, which is quality of hires. Uh, so for instance, one of our customers uh, saw a success rate of 70% after using skill assessments, which is like seven out of 10 candidates that passed the assessments were hired. Wow. Generally, this number is closer to two out of 10. <laughs> wow. It seems a logical move for companies to use skill assessments, but I know that so many companies do not. Uh, why do you think that is? Yeah, and you're right. Not every company does it. Uh, and, you know, like any change, it takes a little bit of time for something, uh, for, for new technology or new methods to, to, uh, to be widely adopted. Uh, we've already seen companies that are primarily tech in nature or tech heavy. Uh, so, you know, the software tech technology companies obviously use this method of skill assessments, but even industries like banking and finance, which have, which are becoming very rapidly becoming technology driven have started introducing such uh, methods but there are obviously some challenges you know like any other change management uh, this requires uh, uh, getting a buy-in from your hiring managers or your hiring team if you're a large organization it's almost like introducing a new step in the recruiting process so mm -hmm. you've got to see where it fits in how does it integrate with the existing tool set and processes who becomes the owner um, and, and, you know, all of those things. And of course, the awareness. So we are still, the market is still young, I would say, you know, though we've been at it for the last four or five years, uh, the word hasn't still gone out completely. Uh, a lot of customer education needs to be done. So I think these are the various factors that are contributing to, uh, have contributed to why this is not as widely adopted as it should be. Hmm. That's a shame because I really see the value in this. Uh, with all the customers you've served, what would you say are the biggest challenges uh, recruiters face when it comes to technical uh, hiring? Uh, so in general, you know, if you ask any tech recruiter uh, for them uh, building, like having more candidates to to put in front of them, hiring manager is their biggest challenge. But that's yeah. like, uh, you know, th that's like a macro definition of what what they struggle with. What we have uh, seen uh, by having more in-depth conversations with uh, with the customers, with the end users of our product as well, uh, is what we realized that people do, like recruiters do end up getting candidates, though uh, there is, um, you know, if you look in the Bay Area uh, or the Silicon Valley, of course, there is uh, a shortage of, of enough talent. But if we look at the whole of US, uh, there are enough, I wouldn't say enough, but there are sufficient number of people who are graduating uh, into computer science or developing that skill uh, through unconventional means. Um, and if one is able to cast their net, uh, net wide enough, they can get enough candidates into the recruiting funnel. But then very quickly, uh, the problem of being able to identify who's the right candidate for the job becomes uh, a hard problem because uh, you know, there are studies that say that recruiters probably spend a few seconds, like six to 10 seconds eyeballing sure. a resume. Sure. And, 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 and that's legitimate, right? Like if you've got a stack of 100 resumes in front of you, you really don't want to do that. You want to be uh, talking to the qualified candidates, explaining the job to them, selling the job, getting them to close, right? That's what they are best at. Uh, so uh, the big, one of the biggest challenges being able to identify the right candidate on their own. Uh, today, what they are doing is, doing is that they leverage uh, the hiring team's time, the engineering time to do tech screens. So uh, even if they uh, shortlist a resume, they still get their hiring managers to do a 30-minute to a 60-minute call with the candidate 
not as an interview, but more like a screen. And that time is is costly. I mean, like a developer's time would probably cost you $200 an hour or $300 an hour. Imagine using that just for screening out candidates. Definitely not optimal. So these are the two challenges I feel if they're, if they, they feel if they're able to identify the right candidates on their own and save engineering hours, uh, that would be a big win for them. Hmm. Do you think a good skill assessment tool will alleviate the need for recruiters to even look at resumes? I mean, what do you, what do you think of that? Oh, just... absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, there have been instances. Uh, so typically, you know, when we go in and a customer is not using uh, so when the company has not been using an assessment process, they are a little bit hesitant to do away with the resume screen because you know, they've been doing it for ages. Uh, but we've seen a lot of cases. So they would still do a resume screen and then put the candidates through the assessment. But slowly, uh, over a period of, of uh, say, you know, two or one or two years, as they start seeing the merit in, in the assessments, they are more comfortable putting that process right at the top of the funnel. Of course, they still want to talk to the candidate, uh, mm. sell the job to them, but instead of doing a resume screen, which may or may not be yielding any benefit, they directly put the candidates through the assessment and then take a lot more informed uh, decision whether the candidate should go forward or not. Mm. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this. If someone were thinking that they needed to buy a skill assessment tool, what are the various options they should be considering? Uh, what, should be, what should be included, in other words, uh, what should be included in the skill assessment platform they choose? Uh, so would that be in the sense of like, what are the platforms that are out, uh, out there or what yeah. are the, yeah. mm -hmm. oh, okay. So obviously, you know, Hacker Earth is, uh, I, I mean, I don't intend to uh, talk about much about <laughs> what we, what we do, but yeah, we are one of the leading developer skill assessment software. Um, the enterprise version of our product allows organizations to uh, automatically screen candidates using these tests. Uh, there are more than a hundred different skills that we cover. 15 different profiles, 30 different programming languages. Uh, and as I said, this space is developing. So, you know, if they go online and, and search for developer skill assessment software, they will find a bunch of, of uh, solutions that are offering this. But, you know, what I could talk more about is what should they be keeping in mind while they're choosing a skill assessment software? So, so some of the pa parameters that they should look at is, does the, does the product accurately assess the skills that are needed for the job? Uh, and what I really mean here is, is it, does it allow you to assess candidates only for the skills that they would be using on the job? Or are, is the assessment a kind of proxy for what they would be doing? Because if it's the latter, then there are potential issues of unfair assessments coming into the recruiting process. And, you know, from an equal opportunity, uh, equal employer, uh, equal opportunity employer perspective, that could be. Uh, is, that could create issues. So what's the accuracy or relevancy of the, of the assessments? Uh, the second could be, what's the uh, breadth of skill sets that are covered? Uh, each company hires across multiple uh, roles, different roles. How many of them are really covered? So if, you're, if it just covers 20% of your roles, is it even worth implementing a tool like that? Um, the third would be, how easy is it to use? Um, to what extent is there automation? Uh, can a recruiter use the platform on their own without having to involve the hiring manager? Like how self-sufficient they can be. Uh, and then uh, another point, which is, I, in my opinion, the most important one, what's the candidate experience? When you send assessments to these candidates, to the candidates, do they like taking up the test on the platform? Because you know, this is the candidate, the, the candidate experience is, is paramount today. 
if you're not putting forward a great experience, you are not doing justice to your job as a recruiting team. So these are some of the, and then, then of course, the last thing I would say is the integration uh, part where how well does the platform sit into your existing tool set and workflows. So these are various factors that one could keep in mind while evaluating something like this. Very good. Very good. For the, for the benefit of the person uh, planning on going to their boss and saying, hey, boss, we need to have a skill assessment platform. It, we, we just need it <laughs> uh, in our process. Uh, can you share some pros and cons to help them convince their, their boss? Absolutely. So the pros would be, uh, you know, as, as I've covered, uh, as we spoke about it over the last few minutes is uh, better quality of candidates. Hands down, that is one of the biggest reasons why you would want to introduce uh, a process of assessments into your recruiting workflow. You can measurably and objectively improve the quality of candidates that are going through your funnel. Um, and of course, uh, missing out, not missing out on good candidates who come from unconventional backgrounds. Uh, and that kind of also ties into the problem of bias. So whether we accept it or not, um, the problem of bias in recruiting is real. Uh, and it is particularly most, uh, I mean, like it exists across stages, but its impact is the most acute when it's at the top of the funnel. So a lot of time people speak about diversity being a problem because there's not enough pipeline. Uh, we believe that it's not really a pipeline issue. It's, a, it's the way you screen candidates because there are good amount, a good number of people out there who come from diverse backgrounds. It's just that they don't get screened into the system at the top of the funnel. So you know the, the plat platforms like these help you remove bias from the screening process. Uh, I've obviously spoken about saving engineering time, and I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, if a recruiter goes to their hiring manager and says, I'm going to give back the time that you spend on, on, on interviewing candidates, they are going to latch onto it. And then from a, a, T, a talent acquisition leader perspective, it could, be, it could also be about standardizing the entire process. So large companies today recruit across multiple locations. There are recruiting teams that run into tens, if not hundreds. How do you ensure that the screening process is standardized across all the different recruiting teams? So I think these are some of the things that one, uh, the pros of using an assessment software. Uh, the con would be, uh, as I said, change management is involved. Sure. Uh, both your recruiting team as well as your hiring team, hiring managers have to be comfortable with it. Um, on the surface, it seems like you're introducing a new step into the recruitment process. So there has to be buy-in created for that. If this is not put forth correctly to the candidates, it can seem like the recruitment process is, is, has become a little less personal for them. Because you know today mm -hmm. probably they're just speaking to the recruiter on a phone, but now they get to take a test, uh, which makes them feel, hey, which can evoke a feeling that, hey, am I not important for you? But, you know, the company, uh, our customers, there are ways to deal with it. Uh, you've got to tell the candidate how the assessments actually improve their chances of passing through the, uh, the recruitment process if they are obviously qualified and also how it uh, gives them a better experience vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, getting them in front of a hiring manager and whiteboarding and writing code on, on, on a whiteboard. So you know, there's some uh, selling, so as to say, involved in the process. So those are the cons, but you know most of these are uh, are kind of mitigable. 
Sure, sure. And to reduce these cons even further, uh, we've been discussing assessments for pre-screening candidates. You know, why not consider using them to pre-qualify people already in the applicant tracking system? Maybe reach out to them and say, hey, you had an interest in us in the past. Would you mind uh, taking this assessment so we can find a match for you uh, among our jobs today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, wow. <laughs> Time is flying by, but I, I, I can't resist asking one more question. What do you think uh, the future holds for uh, recruiting technical personnel? So as I said earlier, despite being one of the oldest organizational functions, uh, recruiting is still done in painfully archaic ways. Uh, screening is done basis uh, resume, which is so easy to, to game or often inaccurate. Uh, interviewing is still heavily induced with human bias. Uh, and the whole process can span across multiple months. Uh, so as the world becomes technology first, I think the whole recruitment process also has to adopt technology. So one of the areas where I think uh, both processes, new processes and tools can help is uh, the problem of diversity uh, and particularly diversity in tech roles. Yes, it's partly a pipeline problem, but you know we feel the bias is real. There is a lean pipeline of diverse candidates, not because they're not enough candidates, but a lot of times these candidates get screened out early in the process for reasons not related to their competency. So future of recruiting, in my opinion, is building functions and tools that attack this problem head on. Of course, automated assessments, you know, they, they do it, and uh, they kind of contribute to this problem, but a lot more has to be done. Uh, and the second massive, <clears throat> massive change that we will see is the increasing use of automation and tools in general, for instance. And, and some of that is already in place. For example, chatbots, using chatbots for pre-qualification um, and candidate engagement throughout the process of recruiting uh, without, you know, of course, without making the candidate feel that the process is impersonal. Um, assessments for skill-based screening. Uh, automated video interviews to both save time spent on interviewing as well as to make it uh, a lot less biased for the candidates. Uh, and and the process in general of rec for recruiting needs to become a lot more smarter than what it is right now. So I think these are the two things uh, uh, when it comes to the future of, of uh, technical hiring. Very, very interesting conversation. I appreciate your time. Um, if someone wants to get in contact with you to ask maybe additional questions we didn't have time for, uh, what's the best way to, to reach yeah, you? Yeah, so you know, they can reach out to me at Sachin at Hacker Earth. So that's S-A-C-H-I-N at HackerEarth.com or just check out our website, HackerEarth.com and they'll find plenty of contact details. But if anyone has any specific question, happy to you know uh, get an email, uh, get on a call if needed and, and discuss further. And I'll be sure to link to your uh, website in the podcast description as well. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for the time and thanks for having me here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A thousand times. Thank you for listening to my show. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. If you would go to my blog over at jimstroud.com and leave me a note, I would so much appreciate that. All right. Until next time, bye-bye. That's what 
Ransomware is all about is psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise, and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.